Welcome to the Dietitian Boss Podcast. I'm Libby Rothschild, creator of Dietitian Boss. After almost four years of sitting in my dimly lit, windowless clinical office, I had enough. I wanted to feel like my work mattered, so I did something about it. I created a program that empowers dietitians and nutritionists to create their own private practice from scratch and emboldens already established practitioners to think bigger. My method provides a step-by-step process to improve how you market yourself on social media so your presence can become far more profitable and help more people. Welcome. I'm so excited today with Sarah Lagenfelter as a guest. She is the newest Dietitian Boss Method coach who specializes in operational strategy. Sarah came recommended from a previous business coach of mine, and I couldn't be happier to have Sarah on board in supporting our clients and helping provide them with what they need to start and grow a private practice. Sarah is the founder and owner of Virtual Biz Partner, a close team that provides business management for online business owners worldwide. She has a proven track record of managing and growing businesses while simplifying strategies, systems, and technology. Sarah is also dedicated to providing work-from-home opportunities to women through an accessible online educational course that teaches them how to get started as a virtual assistant. When she's not supporting online entrepreneurs, you can find her spending time with her son, watching movies, enjoying the outdoors, and probably eating some chocolate or other tasty food. Happy to have you and welcome, Sarah. Super excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Excellent. So I wanted you to break down for the listeners who might not understand what operations means. I think it's a broad topic. It's also something some dietitians might not be as familiar with. Can you talk about what that means and what an operationally minded person like yourself specializes in and how is that different or unique in, in the business realm? Yeah. Well, first, I just want to point out that operations can vary by industry. So when I say that, you know, and operations are different for an online business versus a brick and mortar. So what I specialize in with operations with the online business is things like systems, people, software, but that can also include how to automate software. So not just like figuring out what to use, but how to get the business automated with it, as well as processes needed to make the business run smoothly. So that may not sound exciting to other people, but I love it. And those four areas can actually be really broad because, you know, like people, you may be hiring, you may be training, um, but with systems, it can cover many areas of the business. It can be like your financial systems, your marketing systems. So I have a um, wide knowledge of all the areas and know enough of how to get a system or process established. So operations cover all those areas that really keep the business running day to day. So it's things that are all very necessary and important. But the difference of those things as opposed to like a business coach is that a business coach is usually going to help you to clarify your vision and look at where you're at and where you want to go. And when I work with people, they need to already have their vision figured out. I'll help you meet your goals, but I'm not going to, you know, ask you those questions and help you to get that clarity to get there. I'm going to look at, okay, here's your goals. Now here's what we need to look at with the operations to make sure you get there. And I'll actually give you the 
advice and help you do some of the implementation. Whereas a business coach is more hands off. You have to, once you're done with them, you actually do implement things on your own. So what you're saying is that you and I are like peanut butter and jelly. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) I would agree. And uh, if you could talk a little bit about your experience working as a dietitian boss coach and what has that been like? I know you started out in the executive, which is our higher level program, bonus content, adding materials. And now, you know, you're helping out in the, um, you're a coach in in the beginner foundational program, which is really exciting. Our clients are really lucky to have the jelly to the peanut butter. So yes. If you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And I have to say, I'm never going to think about peanut butter and jelly the same. <laughs> First of all, I have loved my experience with both groups. One of my passions is helping people, helping women. And so it just makes me so happy to be able to support them and be able to help them make changes in their business and grow. It's been, you know, I'm learning a lot. This isn't the industry I'm in. So part of it is just learning more about their business and goals they want to achieve and helping them to get there. As far as, you know, with the executive, there's different levels. So the different levels of questions, executive is definitely more higher level and they're definitely further along. It is so awesome to see the results they're having and society it's kind of going back to like how things I did when I was starting my business and being like, oh yeah, these are things you need to implement and these are the changes you need to do. But it's exciting with both groups because they, they just, I get to see from week to week the progress they're making. And that's what I love is they're so focused and implementing these things in their business and then seeing the results. It's amazing. Absolutely. And so I would say to give an example of what we've done together, you mm-hmm. know, as a team of peanut butter and jelly would be, mm-hmm. I help with the, the, you know, the vision and making sure the messaging and the goal setting and mindset is aligned. And right. then Sarah make sure that there is the infrastructure and the organization and the processes. So I think yes. it would help for the listeners is if we give an example. And one of the most relevant ones I can think is our client Priscilla who wants to become a millionaire. Yes. She's open about that. Yes. Feed before. So what she had asked recently is uh, she created a roadmap of how to get there and what she brings that to a call. And so we've got several calls a week. I run calls, Sarah runs calls, Sarah comes to a call with me now just so we can tag team and make sure we're giving these women everything to make sure they're growing and they have the, the right steps to really scale their business and hire and delegate and time manage and all that fun stuff when you're at that higher level operating your practice, right? Not starting it, but operating, grow, um, growing, really, really scaling. Yeah. What Priscilla had asked initially on one call was she said, you know, am I on track? Here's what I offer. And here's a price point, which we've, we've been working through as she's been in the program. And I asked her to come up with a couple versions and do a little bit more leg work. And when she brought it to the call recently with Sarah and I, right, Sarah and I leading the call, mm-hmm. Sarah, do you want to talk about what you added as far as expertise, which I thought was such a nice compliment from from the vision and the price point and mindset that I added, you added organization. And I think that's really what's going to help. So you want to share a little bit about how you you added um, value to to that question from Priscilla? 
Yeah, definitely. So when Priscilla brought that question, she had her different group programs. She'd kind of, you know, created a spreadsheet so she could, we could see visually that here's the groups, here's the price point, here's how many people I need in the different groups. And here would be my income totals. And so she had, had done the math on how she could hit that million dollar goal. But one of my questions, and one thing I wanted her to add in is that how much time she spends on a weekly basis with the groups as well as with the individuals. Because the thing about scaling and growing is that there's gonna be more for you to do. And so if you hit that million dollars, how much time are you actually working? And then, you know, you may need to hire somebody to help you actually sustain that and be able to, you know, continue it because you don't want to get burnt out. You don't want to be working 15 hour days and not enjoying part of your day. I would call you the burnout barometer. I come in and I help with, you know, the vision and and codifying your messaging and getting your mindset. And Sarah's kind of like the the temperature check, right? So let's get your time management. And we've got uh, a lot of templates and processes and accountability to help that make that happen. So the reason I thought that was a great example is because we we really take a well-rounded approach to ensure that our clients have what they need to reach their goals. And it's, you're getting 110% of me because dietitian bosses has created areas and opportunities to strengthen how we can help dietitians start and grow their private practice. So I thought it was really special to have Sarah come in the company, provide expertise, and then share how that's helping impact lives. Do you have any stories, Sarah, from any of the beginners in the foundational group called Society, which is really helping them start or continue getting that momentum? Anything recent or in particular, something that stood out that you felt was um, something fun? Yeah, well, so again, because I love processes and all the backend stuff, I think it's all fun. I know one of the individuals has been working on her SOPs and bringing those to review because she's trying to free up time. Because again, if you want to grow the business, you need to be doing more sales calls, more marketing. And so sometimes there are some administrative things you need to delegate. But to delegate, you have to explain to somebody how to do it. And that's where an SOP or a standard operating procedure comes in. And so I just reviewed her final drafts like this week. She's been working on it for about three weeks. And so now she's going to officially be handing some of this stuff over to her VA, which is going to free up time. And it's things she previously had not delegated. So I love to help people figure out like, what can you delegate? What should you be doing so that you can do more revenue generating activities? Because sometimes people think delegating means I'm going to be spending more money, but it's actually intended to make you more money. Absolutely, um, That's one of the examples. And then the other one has been doing some stuff with like newsletters and regular communication. And I know a couple of the ladies weren't thinking about, Hey, I can send a newsletter out and I can put a PS and add a, a call to action saying book a discovery call. Like they hadn't thought of adding that. And they're like, well, yes, I'm trying to get more discovery calls. So that would be perfect. And so then they've been getting more calls on the calendar, which then turns into more um, clients in their group programs. So helping them to do some very simple things that's able to generate more income really, you know, pretty quickly. So I love those examples. Those were still what I would call a little bit intermediate, right? If you've got a newsletter and if you're thinking SOPs, that's a little bit, I would say, higher on the spectrum versus Mm -hmm. hasn't made a sale yet or has made a few, but maybe still is in that different mindset. They're still kind of at that beginner frame of mind. So can you share an experience from, I know you worked with them in the program. Yes. Them, any kind of anything you want to share as far as what you've seen or tips for the audience on how to continue the momentum 
like you said earlier, often it's sales and marketing at the beginning, but it's, I would argue it's all mindset. That's actually the first thing I was going to say is mindset. And in fact, I've got a great example for that. One of the calls recently, one of the very individuals, it's like very new, trying to get her group program going. She's only had one person in it so far, and she has a second one starting, but the other one's going to be finishing. And so her question to me was, I want to change the format. I want to make it shorter and I want to make the call. And I said, no, like do it the same. It's going to be fine. In fact, we came up with the idea of like, why not give the the one person that's almost done a couple extra weeks. And then you have two people. And I said, you know, you can frame it with them saying, Hey, the calls can be up to 60 minutes. So if you don't take the whole amount of time, because what I wanted her to know is like, she needs to get enough people through it, get that feedback and then figure out what she can incorporate and change it. But it was a mindset thing. She was just kind of nervous. And she's like, Oh, I feel a little, a little odd with just, you know, a couple people. And, but then by the time we were done, she's like, okay, this feels great. And I told her to take it to the mindset call. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to work work on it some more. But definitely mindset is is huge when you're first starting. And we've all been there. We've all been there. We've made mistakes. So it's not anything that's unique to, to one person. So that's definitely one of the, the big tips I'd give somebody new. Another one of them is to figure out how many hours they can actually work. I see a lot of people decide like, oh, I want to get started and I'm going to do, you know, set up my group program. But then they don't actually think about, okay, are you working, you know, 12 to five? And do you have, are you working five days a week? How many hours do you actually have? And then plan what you need to do in that time. So you don't get overwhelmed because there's a lot of things you can choose to do. And I would argue that time management and mindset are some of the biggest issues, even more so than messaging and getting your ideal client, even though a lot of people assume that, that, you know, it is, you know, the main thing of Dietitian Boss is really mm-hmm. helping you market and really helping you define who you're speaking to. That's where it all starts, especially because organic marketing is what we do to help you attract clients. Right. But in order to get there and really wrap your head around how you can serve people and transform their lives, there has to be consistency. And in order to get consistency, you've got to have that mindset. And in order yeah. to help support and propel that mindset, there has to be some time management, which is difficult at all levels, whether you're no. just ready now, you've got a few clients, or you're Priscilla, an executive planning to be a millionaire and really right. the group to get there, which is just so amazing because I started working with Priscilla when she was in my foundational program and she was still working her clinical job. So to see that journey is so inspiring for us and the program and motivating to know for you. Uh, you know, as a colleague to Priscilla, that it's possible. And maybe your dream isn't a million dollars and that's fine. There's no judgment for what your dream is, but going down that path and having a trajectory to move towards is all rooted in mindset and time management. And so Sarah is, again, she's that temperature check. She's that barometer (laughs) to make sure that you, we've got uh, templates and systems and accountability because glossing over your time management will not help you with consistency. And if you lack that consistency, your mindset won't be strengthened. So it's, it's true across the board, but even more so at the beginning of your journey when you're really looking to get those first few clients. Yeah, definitely. What do you think some of the top myths entrepreneurs face when they're starting and even hiring? So I guess this will be for for the newbies who are starting and then for some of the advanced or intermediate women who already have a virtual assistant. Yeah. So I would, the myths when starting one is that you have to have a lot of money just to get started. People think it's a, it's a huge investment and you know, you need to have like a fancy website and photos. You don't need all that stuff. You really need very little to get started. 
And so people should not let that stop them. They also think that they need to have a ton of experience and already be an expert. You know, all of us start somewhere. And yes, you do need to have knowledge, but you get started with the knowledge you have. And then as you're working and you're gaining experience, then you're getting more clarity and building yourself up, you know, as that expert. And again, that comes back to mindset, I think, questioning who they are. And you don't need to have like a fancy business plan and you don't need to have all that. That's one of the biggest things people are like, what about business? I'm like, you don't need a business plan. <laughs> Just, you know, I mean, when I first started my business, there were very few things. I, I did not really know what I was doing, but you figure it out. And what motivated you to start when you did? Was there something? Yeah. Well, what about your story? What kind of got you to want to get this business up and going? Yeah. So mine really had to do with my family. I was going to be a probation and parole officer. That's what I went to college for. Very close to do it, taking interviews. I had seven days to decide. And just because it's how the state works with, with hiring, it's a very, very structured process. And if you don't follow what they say, you can be banned from the state roster for applying for jobs. So you have to like, make sure you do what they tell you. If you think like, even if you're like, oh, I think I don't want to do it now, but I want to, you know, in a year, I want to possibly pursue it. I had learned of a virtual assistant around that time, started doing some work online. And basically, I mean, I didn't spend much money. I did one thing that made the difference for me getting started was investing in some training because I felt like I did need some online skills because I wasn't familiar with the online world. So that was really, for the most part, what I spent up front was was doing that. And um, I just decided probation and parole was not worth the time it would take away from my family. My son was like two or three at the time and I was employed, but I worked from home the majority of the time. And I'm like, there's gotta be like other work I can do from home. So it just kind of flowed from there. And um, 2013 was when I quit my job to do my business full time. And I've done it since then. It's incredible. Yeah. And uh, what's your favorite part of being an online business owner versus you know doing that trajectory? What, what do you love? What motivates you? You know, I mean, there's a couple things. One that what motivates me is just helping others. I love helping others, but what also motivates me is I'm now a single parent. And so I have the flexibility for my son because we all know if you have a kid, like there's all the things you've got to do when you have a kid and having, you know, not having that boss that I have to ask permission for time off and knowing that there's not a ceiling, like I can continue to grow things. I can change my mind. I can do something different. Um, and as an employee, you know, I didn't have that, have that freedom. I love that. And so I, I love that you had the motivation of your son. And I know that we've talked about this because uh, one of the core values of our company is balance. And I love that you shared recently, it's important to you to set boundaries so that you can, it's one thing to say, I'm motivated by my son. I can be my own boss. It's another thing to actually live that life. And so right. can you share one or two examples of of how you're able to really, you know, spend time with him. He's 12, right? So he's a teenager. Uh, he just turned 13. 13, 13. Yeah. Teenager. Okay. Just turned. Yeah. Yeah. Teenager. He's on Instagram now. So I got to watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and one of the reasons I'm so big on organization and time management is because there was a time when I didn't have boundaries in place and I was working like 70 plus hours. I was trying to do my business. And some of it was things that were happening in my personal life and, and trying to make more income, but I got burnout. My health suffered. My relationship suffered with friends, family, everybody. And so I learned by mistakes that I had to get some boundaries in place. And so now some of what I do is once I usually stop working between five and 6 PM. And once I do like my computer's off, I don't turn it back on. So because it's, I'm a, I'm all about action. 
And so if I don't shut it off, it's too tempting for me to go back and be like, oh, I'll send this email or I'll, you know, I'll do this. And then until I turn it back on the next morning, like I'm off, I'm not working. That's one of my boundaries. I've also done things again, because when I was working all the time, I wasn't always eating real healthy and I was just like grabbing whatever. So I'll do food prep on Sundays and I usually time block for lunch on my calendar. If I have like busy days so that I know I'm like, okay, I've got this 30 minutes. I'm going to make sure I eat healthy meals because it's important to have that energy and that focus when you're trying to work, (laughs) at least for me, I can't eat if I'm hungry. Yeah. Or I can't work if I'm hungry. Yeah. So I, I love that. So you meal prep Sunday, you shut the computer off at 5 PM and then you really are able to set those boundaries. And that's a great role model for our clients, right? Yeah. So and that's just a couple, a couple of the things, but yeah. And that's something I help the ladies with is like how they can set boundaries and what they can put in place to help with focus. And absolutely. So our, you know, dietitian boss clients are learning how to expand their mind and develop their message and strengthen their mindset and with checks and balances yes that they're able to make sure that no matter if they've got a child or not or a child on the way or maybe it's not a a, you know a kid it's some other area or aspect that's motivating them to set boundaries they're able to really do that so simultaneously building a business which takes effort and strategy but doing it with some checks and balances from, you know, someone like you who can help them with time management, who effectively successfully lives that life. So I love that you're role modeling, you're the systems person in the company, and you're actually there to provide hands-on support for our clients at all levels, for our beginners and the foundational client, up to our dietitian boss clients in the executive program who are making, you know, 17, 20,000 plus dollars a month. So this is an issue, time balance, time management at all levels. And oh, yes. I love that you're able to, to share your story and role model for them. Um, yeah. So. And it, you're right. You know, it looks different at every level, but like you said, they all, everybody deals with it. And especially too, with like social media and all the distractions. So yeah. Even if somebody doesn't have kids or they don't have things necessarily at home that might distract them, turn off notifications, silent your phone for a little bit, like whatever you have to do to achieve that focus. It's it makes yeah. a world of difference. So what do you do when you're tempted at night or are you not to check your computer or check your phone? Are you just, you, you just double down on no, or do you have any moments of weakness or do you let that moment pass in your brain? Like share your secrets. Yeah. So I removed a lot of apps off my phone and I usually tell clients I don't work on my phone because they'll be like, well, can't you just do this or that? So I removed all email for the most part. I took off all notifications because I, if I saw email notification or Facebook, I had to check it. I'm like, oh, I wonder what that's about. So I did, I turned off every single notification except I get phone calls and text messages. <laughs> and even then I will silent my phone at times or do put it on do not disturb. So I'm not tempted to, to check it. Shutting my computer. Once my computer shut down, I'm usually not tempted to get back on it. There was a time where it was hard or I'd be like, oh, let's get my laptop out. It's I've made it enough of a habit. And that's what sometimes it is, is that when you're in the process of trying to set that boundary, it can be tempting. But once it's a habit, it's easier to stick with it. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, Sarah. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with or share um, as far as what's next? For your work in the company, anything new you want to share that's kind of on your mind or final thoughts? Yeah, well, I'm really excited for our planning session that's coming up. We're going to be doing that together. So helping them to plan with their goals for like second quarter. That's something we just added. That's going to be huge for them. 
And of course, you know, some of them are, even though we announced all of the bonus operation modules, some of them are just still exploring those. There's so much content that was created for those bonus modules. So to, to clarify for the listeners, we've got two levels of programs. We have a, an advanced program called Executive, and then we've got the beginner program called Society, also called Society 2.0, because we had a previous version and we have updated and upgraded it. And I spent a lot of time with business development and a lot of time um, identifying what your needs are and bringing on Sarah to complement those because she is the guru with systems, as you have learned today. So for the quarterly planning, Sarah and I have seen that women in our advanced group, uh, it would help if every quarter at the top of the quarter, so that would mean for quarter two, that's going to be in April in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a deep dive session where Sarah and I both are leading and all of the women in the program submit questions that they've thought through about their goals. So they have a baseline and a compass for the rest of, of course, the year if we zoom out, but really the next three months. And so creating that time-bound session, that planning session at the top of the quarter helps our clients focus. And then it helps us really sit in and ask them appropriate questions to get them going. And then part of the program thereafter has a weekly call structure. So you dive in with your colleagues who are all goal setting for the quarter together on that long call. And then every week we're setting SMART goals and working through to make sure you have the support to implement and continue to adjust as you go. So that's a a new addition to the upper level program for the advanced women. For those of you who are in the foundational group, one of the things that I've added is I'm doing bonus calls for goal setting and mindset At that point, goal setting for a quarterly basis isn't needed if you're still working on the foundations. What you need to do is go through, we've got a checklist, it's a dietitian boss checklist, and it's a level progression. And we streamlined it to be called, have three sections, bronze, silver, and gold. And so you know when you're in the program, in the foundational program called Society, you know where you're at and where you need to go. And then I pop in twice a month and provide coaching calls to help clarify and make sure you're progressing down that three-phased approach. But there isn't a need to set quarterly goals until you've consistently been able to attract clients and follow the methodology, create your ideal client, successfully get people to book calls with you and successfully close clients successfully, create an offer, and then be able to run people through the program. And once you've done that and you've achieved that successful outcome with your ability to get clients in the door and you progress through the framework and you have the opportunity to grow, goal setting on a quarterly basis is more appropriate for those of you that have already progressed through that level progression. So I want you to listen to this episode and be excited for what's to come, but know that this has been strategically premeditated for your stage. If you're just starting out, you haven't reached your goals and you're, you really don't feel secure or you don't consistently get the result you're looking for with social, you need to focus on the basics. And once those are obtained and you have the consistent clientele and you're hitting your revenue goals, you've got the freedom and flexibility um, checked off. That's when it might be appropriate to look into um, some of the goal settings with the, the quarterly goal setting. And that's why uh, we created it in this exact container for what your needs are. After I've ran the program and run over 200 people through it in 2020, this was a decision that we saw that the clients needed. Uh, Do you have any thoughts on that, Sarah, as far as explaining why and how it's designed at different levels for everybody to to get excited about? No, I think you did a great job explaining it. And I would just like to add too, because there are people are at different levels, 
you know, there was somebody on one of the calls this week. She's new. She's just getting things started. She didn't have a lot of questions to ask, but she's like, I just want to absorb and listen. And I'm learning so much. So I just want to add that as a piece of encouragement too, because I know how intimidating it can be when trying to, you know, make a decision about getting started and is this right for me? It's definitely a supportive community and you're going to get what you need to get started and grow it and to hit any goals you eventually have. Love that. Thanks for the reflection, Sarah. I can't wait to have you on more podcast episodes, share you and your expertise on social. And then of course, for those of you that are clients in our program, whether you're in the foundational program society or whether you're in the advanced program executive, we are thrilled to continue to support your progress and really just celebrate you for at the level that you're at today, knowing that we're all on this journey and it's great to respect and honor um, other people who are at different levels, whether they're below you or they're ahead of you. We're, you know, We all at the end of the day want to focus on collaborating and supporting one another. So, all right, Sarah, thank you for joining. I will look forward to having you on next time. And any other final words of encouragement you want to sign off with before we hop off? any one word ending or one sentence of encouragement? It's just, again, I go back to mindset. Like, you know, if we all start somewhere, I was scared once and I just decided to jump in and do it and work through it anyway. So that would be, that's not one word, (laughs) but just jump in and do it. Love it. Thank you so much. If you are inspired by this episode, click subscribe so we can fill your library with encouragement each week. Every day, your potential clients are searching online for professionals like you with the hopes of finding the right person who can make a genuine impact on their well-being and life. Join my group coaching program and follow the Dietitian Boss Method. You will be surrounded by other amazing dietitian bosses from around the world who will be there to cheer you on, support you, give you feedback, and provide you a spark for new ideas, all while following the proven Dietitian Boss Method. You will be able to share your successes and struggles with people who get it. Book a call with my team to learn how you can become your own boss.